Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UY is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Your companion to the whimsy and beauty of the human spirit, Rochelle Condi now. If you change the way you see things, then the things you see will change. That is the philosophy today's guest, Patty Diener, lives. It took her a lifetime to realize how critical self-care was to every part of her life. She had not seen herself as any kind of priority. Shifting perspective, paying attention to intention, made a world of difference for Patty. Welcome to the show, Patty. I'm so happy to have you here today. Oh, Rochelle, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm just glad to be here. And it's so fun. We're fellow podcasters, and we're going to see if that happens to come up within our conversation. Um, um, I'm eager to hear more about you. Is there anything you want the listeners to know before we get started here? Um, mainly, probably just that um, where I'm at today in my life at 54 is so different from where I have been most of my life. I call myself a recovering reactor. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I used to be very much a worry ward, um, hand wringing, very much anxiety, depression, uh, reacted to every situation before I stopped and really thought about it. So yeah, my life is so much different now than it used to be. Hand wringer. That's a good uh, descriptor. Absolute hand wringer. Yeah. Were you a big what if? What is oh, it? always. I still. I, I lived there. I lived in the. Um, you have to prepare, and so that way you can try and avoid anything that might come up that's unpleasant. Yeah, we all know right. that that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> but I right. did think that I was going to try if I could just stay ahead of it just a little bit. Um, I could protect myself and my loved ones from any kind of chaos. And you know, it just was a really exhausting place to live. Yes. And you know what? Quite frankly, I can personally relate to that myself. And I don't know if you grew up as like a sensitive child and oh, yeah. you had a lot of worry there. Yes. And then, um, yeah, so there is a definite sort of personality type that uh, sort of lends itself to that kind of worry and that anxiety. So it sounds like I'm speaking to a kindred spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you if you grew up in a household where you felt like um you were responsible for so much. Um, and I did, I took on a lot of roles that I probably didn't need to, or probably shouldn't have had to, but, um, I took that into my adult life, not realizing I had done that. You know, I was always taking care of everybody and, uh, it just, again, it became very exhausting and boy, I had to learn a lot of life lessons. (laughs) Well, and that's, isn't that part of the whole point of us being here is to kind of go through some of that and realize, wait a minute, that's actually not working for me anymore. Exactly. And it probably really didn't work for me then, but I didn't know any better. Now that I know better. Yeah. Now that I know better, I'm going to do better. Okay. And I, again, I can relate to a lot of that too. Um, What three words would you use to describe yourself? Um, Today is, I would, I have a lot better descriptions, I think, than I would have before. Um, Now I would say I'm daring which I would not have. Well, I really, I mean, <laughs> I was always daring. Maybe I've always been daring. It's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde inside my brain here. Right. Um, I've never been afraid to try something new. 
Um, so I'm daring. Um, I'm passionate. Oh boy. I get on my, you know, justice seeker and, and there's a black and white and I've had to learn to see the gray area. So I'm very passionate about everything that I believe um, and, and everything that I love. And so d- daring, passionate and oh, and I'm a writer. So um, that's I mean, I've been a writer since forever. So I think a writer is always a writer. Okay. So those are I probably my favorite. Okay, daring, passionate writer. Ooh, ooh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about these. <laughs> three truths and a lie. And this is the three things about yourself. One isn't true. And I just see if I can figure it out. <laughs> okay, so when you had messaged me that these, this was something we were going to do, I just had to giggle. Because <laughs> definitely there's there's so many fun ones. So um, yes, which ones to pick? Which ones? to Yes, choose? yes, exactly. So, um, All right. Um, <clears throat> Number one, I have done front handsprings inside at least two different bars. Front handsprings um, inside two different bars. Yes. Okay, got it. Okay, um, I want to make sure I got that right. Okay, two different bars, as in yes. 21. Okay, got it. As in going in and actually being, you know. Okay, all right, all right. Under the influence and doing a couple front handsprings. Got it. Um, I've been kissed by... Um, Journey's founder uh, and lead guitarist, Neil Sean. <laughs> and um, I met Nora Roberts, uh, you know, the fantastic uh, romance n- novelist um, at okay. San, Francisco, San Francisco Writers Conference, who she's like my hero. Okay, so you know what I really like about yours? First of all, I can totally tell you're a writer just by the just by the way that you piece these together. Um, they're very descriptive and very fun. And I like too that, that, okay. So I'm, I'm just going to talk through my, um, my own thought process. You've done at least two front handsprings inside two different bars. I'm going to set that one aside because I think that's true, but you could have thrown me off there with the number. Maybe it was one, maybe it was three. So I'm going to set that one aside. Kiss by Journey's, uh, what's his name? Neil Sean. And he's yes. like the front man. He's the well, he's not the front man, but he's okay. the founder. He's the founder of the band. Founder he's, of the band. Okay, yeah, I want to get that right. He and uh, Greg Raleigh founded Journey back in the day. Oh gosh, and he's I can the lead guitarist. Oh, lead guitarist. Okay, got it. Okay. Oh gosh, that's a fun one. I like that one. And then met Nora Robert Roberts. Does he has yeah. an S on Nora the Roberts? The, the uh, yeah, I, I can I can see that I can see one the one of the best selling my... authors yes. of all time. Yeah, she's yeah, okay. I can see the, the like the covers in my head. They're very you sure. know colorful and a lot going on there. And she is a best-selling romance novelist. And and I think you probably did meet her, but maybe it wasn't in San Francisco. So that's why you're so good at this. You're already so good at this. Okay. I'm hoping that you did get kissed by the, the journey's uh, person here. So I'm going to say that one's true. I'm going to say you've done the, I'm going to say you've done the handsprings. And then I'm going to say that you did meet Nora Roberts, but you didn't meet her in San Francisco. I'm going with that as the lie. So tell me. You are really good at this game. And that's exactly true. <laughs> but 
take it a step further. I've never met Nora Roberts, but it is my dream to meet her. Oh my gosh. So I picked apart the San Francisco, but it was a total lie. It wasn't. Yes. Okay, got it. Been to the San Francisco Writers <laughs> Conference a few different times, actually hoping to meet her, but she had not shown up on either of my visits. Oh, so darn. Oh, darn. I hope you get to meet her. I hope you get to meet her. Someday. Okay. So I've got, of course, now we got to back up here. Uh, you have done, you have done at least two front handsprings. Yes. Inside two different bars. I obviously you had enough room to do them oh, to, to clear the area. Yeah, basically we moved tables. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you have to purpose this. I was nominated or voted actually class clown in my <laughs> high school for my senior year. So for all of my worry warding, there are certain things that never applied to me, I guess, because okay. I've done something. Oh, my gosh. Go, wow. Okay, well, it kind of sounds fun, and I'm glad you didn't get hurt, and I'm I'm sure that well, all the people Well, I did bruise around... my butt. I did bruise my butt. On, I didn't plant the landing on the last one, and I, oh I went all the way over, and I landed on my feet, but then oh. skidded on the tile and then bounced oh. off my butt. So, um, but then I came oh. up and did, you know, the whole... <laughs> he got for my next trick yeah you you have to still yeah you have to still get the hands up there uh in, in as a sign of victory and completion right yes and I was in my 40s when I did that one. oh so that's why that's gosh. why I didn't land the that's why I didn't I didn't oh, I didn't oh land gosh. as well I didn't nail the landing because I was in my fourth plus I was intoxicated and it was on a tile floor so oh my all those gosh. things probably not in my favor <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know, the fact that you even did it is is pretty darn uh uh what was your first word? Daring, very well, daring. daring. Not yeah. so smart. <laughs> yes, very daring. Oh my goodness. Okay, and so we got that one, we got that story. And well, obviously now we have to hear about the story of being kissed by Journey's founder, Neil Sean. Tell us how that happened. Well, I live in Lake County, California, and we have this venue, who, which is now since closed down, but they're remodeling it. Um, it's on a lake. I live um, in Lake County, so it's on Clear Lake, which it's anything but clear, but that's the name. And <laughs> okay. Really amazing venue that had, you know, just overlooks the lake, and it's just a gorgeous venue. And they've played there several times. And um, after the the concert, my husband and I went down into... They had a couple of different bars and we went down in there and it was just packed because everybody went from the venue to the straight to the, the bars. And I was talking and it's, you know, we're all body to body in there because it's just slam packed. And I had a cocktail and my husband leans into me and he says, OK, and he knows that Neil Sean has been my all time favorite. <laughs> like I always joked that, you know, one day I was going to kiss him. So, oh, my God, he said, no, he leans into me. He says, now, don't freak out. And I said, what? You know, I had no idea what he said. He goes, I want you to turn around really slowly and tell oh me gosh. what you see. So I turned around, but Neil was facing the bar and I hadn't, we were back to back. So I turned oh. around and all I saw was this gorgeous vintage Hawaiian print shirt. I and mean, it was, it was a beautiful shirt. And I, my husband and I, both we love vintage Hawaiian print shirts. Okay. And I was like, wow, that is, that is really a cool shirt. He goes, no dummy, who's in it? <laughs> So then, of course, I was like freaking hyperventilating. And he oh was my like, gosh. Oh, be cool. Be cool. Oh, my God. Like, OK, so Dean Castronova was also in there. He's the drummer at the time was the drummer. And because um, Journey's had lots of different changes over the years. 
But Neil has always been there from the beginning. So I turned around and I said, listen, my husband told me I have to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good line. (laughs) Yeah. And he just started laughing and he shook his head. And so we introduced ourselves and he introduced me to Dean and his wife was Dean's wife was there. We had a really great conversation. This went on for about 20 minutes, but then I wanted to not be, I didn't want to be one of those fans. Right. So right. Right. And we just kind of did our own thing for about another hour or so. And then the band started going outside and my husband and I went outside and I was like, it's getting late. We got to go home. And he's like, but you didn't get kissed by Neil yet. So I went over to him. I says, well, I just wanted to thank you again for the conversation. I said, I'm actually, I'm starstruck. And he said, no, I'm just a guy that plays a guitar. I go, okay, now you're humble. Now I like you even more. And he leaned over and he kissed me on the cheek. Oh, my gosh. And he said that I was just delightful. So then I leave and I go with my husband home. And the next morning I wake up. I remember I was getting out of bed. And I was walking to the bathroom. He says, are you going to shower? I'm like, well, of course. Why? He goes, I don't know. Going to wash off all that Neil Sean DNA. <laughs> oh, I like your husband. Oh, he's adorable. And it was fun. It was It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and he gets it without being intimidated or being jealous. Oh, no, because he we call ourselves journey junkies. Um, I cannot tell you how many concerts we've been to. We followed them through lots of changes over the years. But um, ultimately, Neil was always my favorite, and my husband just always poked fun at me about it. Oh, gosh, what a good sport. What a good sport. Oh, Oh, that's so sweet. Now, is that reciprocal? Does he have someone that, that, you know... You know, I don't know. He's just a fan of women in general. My husband okay. just thinks women are wonderful, <laughs> wonderful creatures. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You you married a good one. That's yeah, good to hear. Awesome. Okay. And so you haven't gotten to to meet Nora Roberts yet, but we're we're that so we're still hoping on that one. Uh it, it could still happen. It, will it could happen still happen someday, yes, right? It will happen. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. One of your favorite movies of all time. This is fun. Oh, gosh. Okay. So The reason this is hard for me is it's almost like saying, who's your favorite child? Because (laughs) as a writer, whenever I see a movie, the first thing that I am drawn into is story. Story. Mm -hmm. Story to me is it's like air. Um, There's not a day that goes by I don't write. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been writing since I could write. And um, I enjoy story so much. So whenever I watch a really good movie, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. I just wish I could write a story as good if it's a good movie. I was like, I want to write a story as well done as that movie was. Right. So, of course, you know, the cast makes a big difference. But Mm -hmm. um, the story is what I always go to. So, Legends of the Fall, probably one of my favorite movies. But I don't have a favorite because. Right, right. Of course. Of course. And, and that's why, and that's why I say uh, one of your favorite movies because yeah, yes. that that is ridiculous. But but you know, this isn't really a movie podcast, so it, but but it does kind of tell something about uh, about the guest, the movie that they choose to speak about, and for you, yeah. it has to do with story. Yeah, and I it's and that's so yeah. remarkable that story. It's you know so tragic. It's a family saga. It has a, a powerful love interest in it. And of course, it's this tragic love story. But it's also about the man, you know, about Tristan and his his demons that he has inside of him mm-hmm. and the, the, what he's seeking throughout his life and how he what he 
does ends up ultimately destroying himself and his family. And it is mm. so powerful, such a mm-hmm. powerful. Of course, Gosh, I love I... the Native American part of it in there too, because right. I love legends that come from right. Native Americans. So that was yeah, and I haven't movie. seen that in a long time, and so that's one that's probably worth uh, rewatching. Was Absolutely. that was that based on a book? Yes, it was. Um, okay. I can't tell you off the top of my head the novel. That's fine. But, um, yes, it is based off of a novel. Yeah, because it seems so so rich and full mm-hmm. that you know. Sometimes it's a historical fiction, yeah. Historical fiction, World War One ish era because we okay. always go off to war, and um, yeah, it's it's so powerful. Okay, oh, that's a good one. Thank you for reminding us about that one. That's fantastic. All right, and next up, we've got name a person that, and again, a person. It's not the person, <laughs> right? It's a person because maybe you've got uh, most of us have quite a few. Sure. But this just kind of tells us something about you when you you share a person. Yeah, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who is since uh, you know he's deceased, but I I often talk to him, talk about him as if he were still here because I think his work is still so um, necessary, and often I think people are discovering him now since he's passed, even more so than when he was here, because it's like his mm-hmm. work is so so powerful and. Um, changing, I even have this as a tagline at the bottom of um, all of my, all of my, um, emails that go out in beautiful second act, which we can talk about later. It's, it's yes. a thing that I founded for women and basically most, it's not just women, but most of my, most of my people are women, but, uh, people in midlife and beyond striving to live our best life in the second half of life. But Dr. Wayne Dyer says that you change the way you see things and then the things you see will change. And it's so important that the way we see our world is how will we how we respond to it. Okay, one more time. Change the way you see things and the way you see things will change. Change the way you see things and the things you see change. And the things you see change. Okay. Yeah, change the way you look at it. You know, it's it's all about perspective. Ah, got it. Yeah. It's how you perceive wow. things. It's it's coming from your perspective, but you know, if you're in a place of being pissed off all the time or angry, uh, whatever you seek, you're going to find. So if you're looking yeah. for the negative, you're going to find the negative, no matter right. what, I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. But if you are actually looking through the lens of what can I learn from this rather than this happened to me, you know, like right. it's happened to me. Well, maybe it's happening for you and maybe you actually need to be able to change the way that you see things. Mm-hmm. Um, his work is just it's remarkable. The Power of Intention, that was the first book I ever read that he wrote. Um, and then I fell in love with him and I started watching, you know, he was big on PBS. Yeah. Um, and he just, he did a lot of seminars, um, just so, so um, enlightening, really. Mm-hmm. And I love his work. So he's probably one of the most inspirational people that has changed my life because it's changed the way that I have seen things. Yeah. Well, I love that because, you know, you you really and, and that's kind of a lot of what we like to talk about in the show is that each person needs to find the thing that only they can do and do it because yeah. we are all so much better off. And that was his thing. And now you're doing your thing. And I'm doing, I mean, if everyone did that, it would just, we would just all be better off. And I, I just feel like we'd all be very fulfilled and, 
you know, being fulfilled, you also are challenged, right? I mean, it's not like it's a cakewalk. It's but but it doesn't feel like work, right? When you're you're doing the things you love and you're doing them with purpose, it it just feels just so right and so good. Yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah, that is fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. And a piece of wisdom you keep handy. Oh, um, ask, believe, receive. I have had to learn that. And I have, I mean, literally, I have had so many times where I've thought in my life, well, I prayed about it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I didn't get the results. Well, the the key in there is right in the middle. It's the belief part. Uh. (laughs) And just because you pray on something does not make it so. Um, And just because you receive something that's not to your expectation we have to learn to let go of the expectation and maybe say something to the lines of this or something better. Right. Ooh. Rather than having it stuck in our head that it's got to be this way or I won't be satisfied. Right. Yeah. Yes. Ask, believe, receive, and you will okay. receive. You just have to be open to the possibility of this or something better. Oh, gosh, Patty, you are on fire today. Look at oh. that. <laughs> this is so great. Oh, my goodness. This is fantastic. Well, it's no wonder, one, that you're a writer, because I can see that you're a very expressive individual, and two, that you have a podcast. So we're now going to take our deep dive, which we can talk about whatever it is that you are passionate about, and let's let's get to know you through that. I'm I'm guessing it's kind of a combination of the two. Is there, do those things flow into each other? Like they do for me. For example, this, this, every episode has an accompanying blog. So the first half of your page will be about you and we'll have, you know, all your stuff in there. And then the second half will be something that I think based on something we talked about. So, so tell me, tell me about writing and tell me about your podcast. Do they go together? Um, sort of, I I like the, the the marrying of the two. So yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I've been a writer basically since about the fifth grade. I mean, I wrote little things when I was younger, but yeah, I, I really, um, I found my way because of stories. So I was going through a lot of emotional things in my childhood that I didn't have the tools to escape. And then when I discovered novels in the fifth grade, I'll never forget, of course, I, we're probably close in the same age, I'm yes. before, but V.C. Andrews and the whole Gothic family saga, you know, tragedy of it all. Um, I was sucked into it and I fell in love with story, even though it was like, you know, gripping like this. And I can't believe people, humans would do this to each other kind of stuff. Right. But it was the whole idea of, Someone created this story and um, I really, I fell in love with it. So I always knew, I always knew that I would someday, you know, author a book. But then, Ooh, like, from I, that I, early age. Yes. Wow. I mean, I started writing. I actually, um, you know, we plagiarized our favorite people back in those days. Mine was Judy Bloom. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I read Dini. I read, you know, the wifey, which was banned from my library. And somehow my girlfriends and I got a hold of a copy. Um, I read, you know, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And I obviously was going to, I wanted to be a, a, an author like her. And so I started plagiarizing a lot of things that she wrote and wrote myself. It was hundred pages front and back on binder paper. So oh I was a serious God. writer at this grade, right? Oh my um, goodness. I still have it, by the way. 
Oh my just because it's an inspiring thing for me to look back and go, oh my gosh, isn't this cute? I really, this was my dream. Yeah. But then, you know, adult life happens and you, we put our, our hopes and dreams and thoughts on the back burner for more important things like fitting into life and how I'm going to pay the bills and, you know, where's my place in the world. Right. So by the time um, I started, I had my first nervous breakdown when I was 33. Oh, I'm so sorry. I it didn't realize. Absolutely, oh, oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, it was about 32 because by 33, I'd already made a decision on opening my first day spa. So um, again, daring um, through, um, I, I'm, like I said, oh, with goodness. my brain being so full of the what ifs and the trying to protect everybody and protect myself and doing all the right things being, and if I'm the perfect wife and the perfect mother and the best friend and, you know, all great employee and all those things that nothing can possibly go wrong. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm familiar with that line of thinking. Right. Oh, just bit me in the ass really bad. So by the time I got done with my second child, the birth of my second child, I had such bad postpartum depression that it just threw me over the edge. And it lasted for about two years. And by the, I had her uh, by the skin of my teeth at 29. And then by 32, I was fit to be tied. I just Mm -hmm. didn't believe in um, antidepressants. I didn't believe in therapy. So I was going to do it by myself because that's for weak people, you know, and that was embedded in my head because Mm -hmm. of society and only crazy people saw, saw, you know, help. So I finally went and got help. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Crazy. And I started realizing that I had not seen myself as a priority. Uh, I was never the priority ever. It was always um, the family or the children or the way I was perceived, you know, oh, am I doing all the right things? I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for them so that I could feel that I did my best. It never was, it was, and, and I really didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So I dove into a new project. Um, I opened um, the first day spa in my community. Uh, we didn't have one here, very rural area where we live. And I really started doing things despite everyone. So it still wasn't, I was proving to myself that I could do these things um, in a society where if you didn't have a degree, I'd go to dinner parties and women would, I was uninteresting. Oh, oh where did you, where did you guys, I didn't complete my degree. I, I, I dropped out of college. Basically, I had no idea what the hell I was going to do in college. So it was not worth my time to stick to sustain, right? To sustain going. Right. So, um, and then I got pregnant and just became a stay at home mom. And mm-hmm. I stopped working for the doctor's office that I'd worked for for six years. And I started uh, a home uh, daycare. That was not interesting. And at parties, uh. you know, oh, well, where did you get your degree? Well, you know, I didn't have one. So I was kind of like, they just moving along and I was left to be kind of like on the side by myself. It was a very hard place to pull up from. Mm -hmm. And so I felt very useless, worthless. And even though my husband never made me feel that way, you're doing the most important job in the world. He would say, I was so angry. I was angry because he got to go to meetings. I was angry because I had to ask for him to stay home to watch the children so I could go do something. I was angry all the time. Mm. And when I finally started my own business um, outside the home, it was all for the wrong reasons. So fast forward into my 40s, I had another breakdown. And that's when it really hit me. What in the hell am I doing with my life? Nothing. 
I wasn't doing anything for myself. I wasn't doing uh, what happened to me becoming a writer. Uh. What happened to me wanting to travel? You know, mm-hmm. my life was going to be so much more glorious than this. But now the children are half raised. Everybody's busy doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But I knew I couldn't go through again what I went through in my 30s because it was just a band-aid. You know, I was okay for a decade, I thought, but it was really trashing my marriage. My relationship with my girls was not what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I was proving to them what they could be. You know, you can do anything you want, that kind of thing. But that was all a lie. I was daring mm. to go out and do all these things, but yet at the same time, I was doing them coming from the wrong place. And I needed to do a deep dive into my soul, into my spirit, and to find out who the hell I was. I don't, I'd forgotten who I was. I'd lost myself. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard. But wow. um, for a lot of, a lot of help, um, I got off of antidepressants because I realized that those were band-aids too. I finally... I finally decided in my earlier 40s, I think I was 43, that I would go ahead and try the antidepressants, even though I wasn't sure I liked them. It did put, it numbed me for a while. I was able to think, but that's all it did is it numbed me. So when I decided I want to know who I really am, I went back to the doctor to wean off of them. That's not something you should do by yourself, by the way. Um, And I realized there are better things in the world than antidepressants. And most of it is to get down to the true reason why you feel the way you feel and then find your joy. I made it my mission to not worry about what other people thought. Stop worrying about, you know, people look at me. That's not you. I'd start doing things differently that you're, you don't do that. Well, who are they to tell me? I don't do that. People within my right. own family, that's not you. Well, maybe that's not who you want me to be or who you're used to seeing, but this is who I am now, and we're all going to get used to it. We're all gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this is the way it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, taking time for yourself, saying no to things you normally would always say yes. And why aren't she? Why isn't she available anymore to do these things? Yeah. Um, losing certain friends, losing mm-hmm. certain family members. Um, you have to do the things that you know are for your own good and for the good of the people that you truly do love and that you want to be there for, because Mm -hmm. you can't be that you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. Right. So yeah, I started beautiful second act after I published my first novel. I was really excited. What You published a novel. That is so cool. Thank you. Um, We had a tragic event that happened in my community um, where over a thousand homes burned in uh, a day and a half. And my husband um, at the time was a battalion chief in the fire department. So I decided oh to write this book as a love letter to my community. So it's kind of my characters are to the Valley Fire, um, what Jack and Rose were to the Titanic. It's okay. kind of like a, there's a centralized love story in there, but it was based around true events. Okay. So wow. um, after I published that, I self-published it. I thought, oh my God, I'm on fire now. I, I loved the whole process. I'm doing this again. I'm going to keep doing this, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a team behind me. And this time I'm going to be traditionally published. So that's what I'm seeking now. But I just, I quit my job. Um, I retired early. That's one of the things that you can't do that. I was only 53 at the time working (laughs) in public education. I want you to stick it out, you know, at least wait till you're 55 so that you can, you know, reap better benefits from it. Blah blah. I said, to what end? Why would Mm -hmm. I stay in a job that is a life? soul sucking position for me now Mm. that I know it used to be something I loved. I was a public school librarian. Talk Uh about cliche, the writer that was the librarian. (laughs) But 
in being the librarian, you know, education was going down. Public education is not what it used to be. I, I couldn't get behind it anymore. It just made me feel sick to my stomach every day I went in. And I had to make a shift. And people were looking at me like as if snakes were coming out of my head. Like wow. I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And some people were like, eh, you know, who does she think she is to do this? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but my true friend stuck by me and honored what I did. And since then, I started Beautiful Second Act Podcast, empowering other people in midlife and beyond to live their best life in the second half of life, because that's what we should be doing. Right. You know, don't waste another moment. Never is a better time than right now. Right. And um, helping people to navigate where to get from where they are to where they want to be, because that's what I was doing. I was stuck for a real long time. and I don't want anybody to be stuck there. Like right. I was. Okay. So what's the format of your show then? You, you have a guest on or how, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm assuming you have guests on. I haven't listened yes. to it yet, but so yeah. I, I, I get the premise of where you're at in terms of helping them live the, the best life in their second half of life. So w- tell me about the podcast then. So the podcast is partially solo episodes with me, and I talk a lot about spirituality. I talk a lot about getting out of your own way. I talk a lot about empowerment and um, also giving yourself grace when you are not making those shifts that you want to be making and and to tell yourself that tomorrow is okay, you can still do it. Uh, But I also have guests on that have endured or, um, you know, overcome some sort of hurdle tragedy, loss, or something, and have still made these shifts in their life, and they're doing better than ever and loving their life. And they're all motivational, inspirational episodes to help people to see that they're not alone. And um, it's it's been so much fun for me. I think we've got like 112 episodes now. Wow. And we started, I say we, because I always include all the people that come on board. I just say it's a we thing. It's not a look at me. It's a come with me kind of right. podcast. Yes. And um, May of 2021 is when I started it. Okay. And um, I retired September of 2021. <laughs> And right after that, I just kept going with it. And now we have a membership too, so that if the podcast, you know, podcasts are always free. Um, I have a Facebook group that we have lives every week. Uh, we have Sunday morning coffee live where we dive deep and talk about the deep stuff. But we also have a fun Friday night wine live where we just recap the week and have a glass of wine and we just shoot the shit and it's so much fun. But um, it's it's just a community of people to get together to just let their hair down and say, yes, I'm here for this this part of my life. And I'm, I'm willing to just give it my all because I want to fully live and I'm having a ball. I mean, Rochelle, this has been the best time of my life. (laughs) I love hearing that. And I can see that I can hear it. I can, I can see it um, in the radiance and the sparkle and and, and, in which you're, you know, sharing all of this. It's, it's very clear. And by the way, it's clear in your your Instagram feed, which is how we met and connected, was through Instagram because, you know, you you have a message that's very much a can align whatever word you want to use with with what we're about, the same kind of we're. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting to get to a point in your life where you realize I I don't care 
yeah. anymore what you know people might think or say i am going to be me in in the best way possible not not in an right. arrogant way but in a i call it unabashed or unabashed you know That's in an right. unapologetic way it's like no this is me this is me so yeah and then you find you know the people that understand and get you they're still your people and those Absolutely. and those that didn't or don't they it just the, the natural falling away and that that's okay you and know that is they, okay yeah they need to go find their people or whatever it doesn't have to be a big uh, tragic thing although sometimes it is and sometimes you have to let people go um, and it's hard it changes it hard for anybody whether it's um we're on the receiving end of it or whether we're not but um change is hard but it's also it's liberating and i always say you got to find your high vibe tribe because those are the people that are going to lift <laughs> you up they're the ones well, that that's a good one around. you know when you're around people that make you feel good you know, you found your people because you'll make them feel good and they make you feel good. That's right. And you become, and there's, I don't remember if it's the Tony Robbins thing or what, but um, they say about the, 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 think about the five people that you normally spend time with. Those people, the people that you spend the most time with are the people you're going to become the most like. Ah. So if you're around someone that's toxic all the dang time. You've got to ask yourself, are they really the kind of person that I want to be around? Because you're going to ultimately start feeling like tight in your chest. Your stomach mm. doesn't feel right. You know, you get, you know, your tension in your head and neck. These people, because they're always the negative Nancy's, and I apologize if your name is Nancy, but, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the negative Nellie's, they're the ones that are always finding a problem. Yeah. They're always finding fault with something. They either need to learn to raise their vibration or you need to move on because you're going to end up lowering your vibration being around someone that's constantly seeking out a problem. Like I said, whatever you seek, you will find. Right, so right. Try to, not as a Pollyanna sort of thing, because I believe in feeling all the feelings. Right. Letting those feelings come to you, sit with you and go, mm -hmm. wow, yeah, okay, I'm feeling this right now, especially if there's loss or tragedy. Feel it, you know, embrace it. Thank you for, you know, taking time to tell me, you know, this is how I'm supposed to feel, but then let it move through you yeah. and be able to be on the other side of it and say, yeah, I might always carry this a little bit of sadness with me for losing my mom or whatever, but I also can carry the joy of the great stuff that I have that I've learned or whatever along with me. It's all in the way we perceive things. Absolutely. Gosh, Patty, you are one wise woman. And I am so glad that you are out there writing, because that's such a, a joy and a passion for you. And I'm also glad that you're out there speaking this out into the podcast wave so that uh, and then also, you know, uh, social media and all the different ways we can be positive and get our um it's not just like it's our message. It's a collective message. And, it, it and sure it's, it, it's it's wanting to, to reach those people who might maybe are still kind of maybe a little bit stuck in, in some thinking that in which we, we want more for them because we ourselves were there. Now we're not. And we, we get it. And we, we want to help those who aren't quite there yet. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm a recovering reactor, which means I'm always going to be. It's like any kind of other addiction. Um, I know that there are days where when I find myself really blue and I can go, okay, okay, where are you going? What's happening? Why are you feeling this way? What can you do to get out of this funk? 
And is the worry truly going to change anything? No. What it does is it robs me of my life because it's not going to help you live any longer. Quite honestly, there's been you know a lot of studies that show that when you are living in a low vibration for a really long period of time, it releases tons of cortisol onto your body. It causes inflammation within your body. And it does. It stress is a killer. It's right. proven. So yeah. we have got to get to where we're resetting back to joy a lot faster. It's okay mm-hmm. to be depressed for a day or so, but you've got to find that reset button a lot faster than when we were younger, because we've only got, you know, so many days where, you know, we're living in right. a finite world. That's so right. It's not infinite amount of time that we've got, That's to, right. we've got to live our best life. That's right. Very good points. Well, Patty, this has been such a pleasure. I, it's been a joy to meet you. And I, I look forward to continuing to uh, be inspired by you and your content. Oh, Rochelle, thank you so much for having me on today. It's just been a blast. Thank you. Thanks. Now, Patty mentors others. She has the podcast, Beautiful Second Act, in which she encourages others to live their best lives now, especially if they haven't before. It's never too late to be more you, to find more joy, to find your purpose, explore your passion. It's either exactly where you are, stuck in some old habits that don't serve you anymore, or it's something better, something more. Ask, believe, receive. The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now a prayer to close us out. God, even when my circumstances are challenging, I know you are good. When everything seems to be going wrong, I trust that you are working everything for good. I have faith in your plans and your love for me. Thank you for being the one I can count on. In Jesus' name, amen. That is from you, version. Find yourself today. Be unabashed. Be you. Be you.